raise your hand, and I know you're lying. Amen. Uh, temptation. This is, this is what we're going to deal with tonight. Last week, we dealt with trials and uh, uh, adversity, obstacles, problems, issues that we deal with now. And now we're going to deal with temptation. And all this is a part of growing up. Look at your neighbor and tell them, grow up. Grow up. That's what we're here to do. That's what we're here to do tonight is to grow up. Amen. All right. James chapter number one. James chapter number one. If you need a lesson, raise your hand. If you need a lesson, you forgot to get a lesson. All right. Uh, we've got several over here. Uh, Brother Doyle, we've got several on this side. Raise it real high. Raise it real high because we can't see you with everybody standing up. Raise it real high. And if you've got a seat by you, wave your hands. We've got still folks looking for a seat. All right. Way up here, Otis. Anybody on this side need a lesson? Anybody on this side need a lesson? All right. <clears throat> right here in the back. All right. Several on this side over here. I think we missed somebody right here. Who, who, Daniel, can you get a lesson? This I think we had a hand right back here. All right. All right. Isn't it good to be saved? Amen. Isn't it good to have heat in the tent? Now, listen, you need to go tell all your friends and family we got heat in the tent because they didn't think we did. Amen? Uh, uh, it is good to be here tonight. Tonight. Uh, verse number 12, James chapter number 1 and verse number 12. If you found your spot, say amen. amen. Blessed. Now, remember that word blessed means happy. <clears throat> means happy. Blessed is the man that endureth temptation. For when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Do not err, my beloved brethren. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Of his own will, he begat us with the word of truth that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Church, say amen. amen. Father, please help us now. Bless us. Use your word to, to make us stronger, uh, to help us grow in our faith and, and to grow up and become mature soldiers of the cross. And Lord, we'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 You may be seated. <clears throat> Y'all have heard me give this illustration tons of time. Uh, Mama was walking by the uh, pantry and she heard the cookie jar rustling and she said, Johnny, where are you at? He said, in the pantry. She said, Johnny, what are you doing in the pantry? He said, I'm fighting temptation. Amen. Amen. Uh, there are, there are various aspects of temptation we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about where it comes from. We're going to talk about why it's so powerful. Uh, we're going to talk about how to defeat it, how to deal with it, how to conquer it in our life. And, uh, and there's several things that we need to see, especially in the beginning. So let's, let's look in verse number, uh, let's go back up to verse number two, verse number two, and then we'll come back down to verse number 12. Are you there? Say amen. amen. My brethren counted all joy. When you fall into divers' temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. All right? So this is the same English word we're looking at, temptations, but it's, 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 it's in a different way. And we're going to let the Bible define itself, okay? We're going to look at that and then go back and look at verse number 12. So one is a trial or a 
test, if you will, and the other is a temptation. In other words, an enticement to sin. Verse number 12. Blessed is the man that endureth temptation, for when he is tried, see, tested, he shall receive the crown of life which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. Now it goes to define what he's talking about. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. All right? Now here's, here's what I want you to see. Number one, here's some principles or truths of temptation that we need to get. First, we need to see the reality that's presented. The reality that's presented. What reality? First, it says happy. Happy. I, I, I put that, def, that, that point there for a reason. I mean, it, it's a small point, but it's an important point. It's too many people have this idea that the Christian life is only to be endured. We've got to struggle through it. We've got to fight through it. We've got to grit our teeth and hold on. Uh, uh, we're going to have trials, and we're going to have temptations. We're going to have obstacles, and we're going to have fights, and we're going to have all this stuff going on, and the Christian just has to bear down, buckle down, and suffer through it. And after we've suffered all this time, then we'll get glory in heaven. That's not what he's saying. He said, happy, blessed is the man that endures temptation. What does that mean? We can have happiness and joy even in the midst of trials and temptations. We can have the ability to be fulfilled. We can have the ability to be happy. We can have the ability to be joyful even in the midst of difficult circumstances. Somebody say amen. amen. All right. <clears throat> the reality that's presented. He said happy is the man that endureth temptation who is going through this and going through it in a strong manner. All right. And here a really important truth. Not only the reality that's presented, but I want you to see the roles that are played. The roles that are played. We, we see the same word, but according to the Bible, it's defined differently. In, in verse number two, he said, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers' temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith, he defines what he's talking about, Verse number three defines number two. If that makes sense, say amen. He, when he says divers temptations, he says, let me explain what those are. The trying of your faith or the testing of your faith. But then in verse number 12, blessed is the man that endureth temptation. All right. It's the same English word. But then verse 13, just like verse three defines verse two, verse 13 defines verse 12. All right, he says, let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted with evil. evil. You see, there's two different things here. Now, here's what I want you to write down. Number one, Satan tempts, T-E-M-P-T-S, tempts. Satan, his role, his role in our life, he's the tempter. The Bible says in Job 1, 7, and the Lord said unto Satan, whence comest thou? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, from going to and fro in the earth and from walking up and down in it. How many of y'all know Satan will get in your business? Amen. Matthew 4, 1. Then was Jesus led up of the spirit into the wilderness to be, to be of the devil. Of who? The devil. The devil. All right. In verse 3, and when the, when the, when the tempter, when he came to Jesus. Now look in 1 Thessalonians 3, 5. For this cause, Paul, Paul is saying, I'm praying for this cause. When I could no longer forbear, I sent to know your faith, lest by some means the, the tempter hath tempted you, and our labor be in vain. 2 Corinthians eleven three. 3. But I fear, lest by any means, as the serpent, 
beguiled Eve through his subtlety, so your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. Revelation 12, 9. Who is, who is the serpent? The dragon. Verse 9. And the great dragon was cast out, the old serpent called the... And what's he do? He deceiveth the whole world. He's the tempter. All right? You have two things here. All right? We have the tempter. Satan tempts. Then write this down. Number two, God tests. God tests. So in your life, <clears throat> in your process of maturity, in, your, in, in, in the process that God allows you to go through, to mature you, to develop you, to grow you in your faith and in, in uh, your walk with him, he allows two things to go on. Two people are operating in your life, Satan and the Lord. Satan and the Lord. Listen, you say, why would a loving God allow Satan to operate in our life and to put us through temptation? Here's the reason. We're God's scattered children, not God's sheltered children. If he sheltered us in every way, we'd never grow. So there's two things operating, two forces operating, Satan tempting and God testing. Your whole life, Satan's going to tempt you. Your whole life, God's going to test you. Your whole walk, Satan's going to tempt you, and God's going to test you. Are y'all with me? Say amen. amen. Look what the Bible says. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 6. Wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations, manifold testing, manifold trials, manifold, uh, verse 7, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found in the praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. What Job 23 verse 10, what does it say? But he knoweth the way that I take, when he hath, I shall come forth as. So, here's the deal. Here's the deal. You need to get this. You need to get this. This is really important. Sometimes when we're tempted to do evil, God gets the blame. Why is God doing this to me? It may not be God doing this at all. Matter of fact, if it's evil, if it's tempting you, enticing you to do evil, it's not God. Because according to this verse, he cannot be tempted with evil, neither will he tempt any man with evil. If that makes sense, say amen. amen. So we know when the, when the testing to believe and to trust and to faith and depend on him, that's God. When it's an enticement to do evil, that's Satan. You've got to understand these two forces are at work all the time in your life. All the time. I, I read a verse, I read a verse that really just stood out. It says that, that when, how many of y'all remember when Jesus, uh, when he came to this earth before he began his earthly ministry, that he was in the wilderness and he fasted 40 days and then came the tempter. And y'all know what he did. He tempted him three times. Uh, and we'll talk about that here in a minute. And, and, and Jesus defeated him with the word. Amen. It is written. It is written. It is written. He defeated him with the word. And then this is, this is the, the thing that, that really stu stuck out to me. It says, then the devil, he departed for a season. Season. In other words, 
you may, you may defeat him today, but you're going to have to see him again tomorrow. And you may, you may overcome that issue, but don't think it's a done deal. Don't think that I've, I've, I've got victory over this and I won't never, he won't never tip me. No, 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 no. For a season, a season. That means we need to always be ready. We need to always be prepared. Be instant in season and out of season. Amen? All right. Now, the principle of temptation. Number two. Number two. I want you to see this. The process. The process. How does this work? How, does, how is it so effective? I mean, how, when the devil comes to tempt us, how is he so good at what he does? And it's not necessarily that he is so good at he does. It's just what we have on the inside. Now, watch what it says. Watch what it says in verse number uh, 13. Are y'all with me? Say amen. amen. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. So if God's not doing it, we know Satan is. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. Now, here, here, watch this. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own, what's that word? Lust and enticed. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Now, we can look at sin across the board. Any sin ever committed, we're going to see what process took place. You know, we've, we've, the reason that Jesus was so adamant when he said, you remember when he, was, when he was dealing with people, when he said that if you look upon a woman to lust after her, what did he say? You've already committed adultery in your heart because it starts in your mind before it gets to your hands. There is a process that takes place. So if we can identify, and that's what James is doing right here. He's identifying the process of sin. How does sin take place? Does it just automatically? I've had people say, that, you know, that's had affairs and different things. It just happened. No, it didn't. No, it didn't. That's not true. And James is identifying the process that we get from A to Z when it comes to sin and destruction and devastation in our life. All right? So here's the first thing. A, I want you to see it starts with desire. It starts with desire. He said, every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust. Now, automatically, automatically when we see that word lust, everybody, their mind goes to sexual sin or, or a man lusting after the, the, the body of a woman. Or so, that's not always the case. The word lust here means desire. It means desire. So let's look at our notes. Let's look at our notes. The word lust means any kind of desire and not necessarily sexual passions. The normal desire of life were given to us by God and of themselves are not sinful. Without these desires, we could not function. Unless we felt hunger and thirst, we would never eat and drink and we would die. Without fatigue, the body would never rest and would eventually wear out. Sex is a normal desire and without it, the human race could not continue. It is when we want to satisfy these desires in a way outside of God's, merit, or God's will that we get into trouble. Eating is normal. Say amen. amen. But it's when it becomes gluttony. You see, the desire to eat is natural. God gave us that so we would take in and consume nutrients to keep us fueled and to keep us alive. God gave us that desire. Sleep is normal, but laziness is sin. 
Marriage is honorable in all and the bed undefiled. It's talking about sex. Sex is a good thing. Sex is a wonderful thing. Sex is a gift from God. But then it says this, but whoremongers and adulterers, God will judge. The, the desire is not the issue, but it starts with the desire. It starts with the desire. Something that's good and appropriate and given to us by God, that's, the, that's what Satan will target. Does that make sense with everybody? Amen. That's what Satan... So, so here we go. Understanding the desire. Our, and you see the word he put there? Our own desire. It's what's already in us. He uses what's already in us to, to start the process of temptation. <clears throat> these, fundamental, these fundamental desires of life are the steam in the boiler that makes the machinery go. Turn off the steam and you have no power. Let the steam go in its own way and you have destruction. The secret is in constant control. These desires must be our servants and not our master. Underline that. Underline that. These desires must be our servants and not our masters. And this we can do through the Lord Jesus Christ. All right? So we see it starts with our own desires. Something that's natural. Something that in itself is good given to us by God. But out of control, then it's bad. Then it becomes sin. Sleep, good. Laziness, bad. Uh, uh, eating, good. Gluttony, bad. Uh, sex, good. Adultery, fornication. Does everybody get that? Say amen. All right, now, the second thing. We start with desire. Satan pinpoints something that's already in us, and he tries to distort it. He, tries, he always distorts what God has meant for good to bring evil into our life. The second word I want you to write down is deception. I want you to write the word deception down. It says he's drawn away and enticed. Drawn away and enticed. No temptation, <clears throat> no temptation appears as temptation. In other words, the devil says, hey guys, I'm fixing to tempt you right here. He doesn't announce himself. That would be foolish. It doesn't appear as temptation. It always seems more alluring than it really is. James used two illustrations from the world of sports to prove his point. Drawn away carries with it the idea of the baiting of a trap and enticing in the, in the original Greek means to bait a hook. The hunter and the fisherman have to use bait to attract and catch their prey. No animal is deliberately going to step into a trap and no fish will knowingly bite a naked hook. The idea is to hide the trap in the hook. Temptation always carries with it some bait that appeals to our natural desires. The bait not only attracts us, but it also hides the fact that yielding to the desire will eventually bring sorrow and punishment. It is the bait that is the exciting thing. Now, we've got fishermen in here. We've got fishermen in here. And, and here's, here's a bait. This is, this is what we, we go fishing with. We want to we catch a bass. Now, first thing we've got to understand what is, the natural, what is the natural hunger or appetite for a bass? Because you're going to appeal and target what's already in the fish so he will be triggered by what you're offering him. Does that make sense? In other words, our own lust. Use the word desire. Because too many times we use the word lust only after in a sexual way. Any appetite. Any, for instance, for instance. You say, uh, can we be tempted to gossip? Yes. 
Yes, anybody can be tempted to gossip. Well, what desire is that? The desire to feel important. Why will we criticize somebody else? Criticism is just a veiled attempt to make you look better. Because when you criticize or put somebody else down, you're wanting somebody else to think you're somebody. Do you see what I'm saying? There is an appetite. There's a de- and is there anything wrong with wanting to feel important? No. Everybody wants to be liked. But when you let that appetite cause you to do something wrong to fulfill the appetite, somebody say amen. So here's the bait. We know a bass likes worms. A bass will eat snakes. A bass will eat things that this, this resembles. So we're going we're gonna to entice it with something we know that it has a natural appetite for. And what are we going to do? We're going to give it something that looks like that. But we have, a, we have a hidden issue. In that bait, there's always a what? A hook. A hook. But see, Satan doesn't give you the hook. Satan will tell you this bud's for you and you need a Budweiser to be happy. But he won't tell you, he won't tell you, he won't tell you about the cirrhosis of the liver. He won't tell you about the car wrapped around a telephone pole because of a drunk driver. He won't tell you about a whole family being killed because a teenage drunk driver had too much to drink and ran them over and destroyed a whole family. He won't never reveal the hook. But he'll sure throw that bait out there. And he'll deceive. He did it, he did it in the very beginning with Eve. God said, you can have anything you want anything every every tree every piece of fruit everything in his garden you can have everything but one tree the tree the knowledge of good and evil y'all with me say amen and they was good with it they was good with it till the tempter came till the tempter came how many y'all how many y'all know in the bible where it says where it says uh that the lord we have a high priest who was tempted as we are. He was in all points tempted. How many of y'all know what I'm saying? Amen. I used to wonder about that and think, now, wait a minute. Now, he don't know everything I've gone through because Jesus wasn't ever married, so he don't know what it feels like to be a husband. <laughs> and all the men said, Amen. all right, now watch. The Bible says he was in all points tempted as we are. Every sin, every sin could be classified in the points. The pride of life, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. All right? Guess what Satan tempted Eve with? The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. What does the Bible say about what happened? When, when he enticed her, he said, how about that tree? How about that tree? Oh, uh, uh, no, no. No, we can't have that one. God said we can have them all, but we can't, we can't eat of that one, and we can't even touch it. Now, God never said that. We got to be careful adding to what God said. That's a whole nother sermon. Say amen right there. But the Bible says she saw that it looked good. She saw that it was look good. It was pleasant to the eye. And she saw that it was good for food. So you got two. And then able to make one wise. So what did he do? He appealed to all points of sin. All three points. 
Every sin we've ever committed in our life fall under them three categories. Do you know what, what Jesus was tempted with in the wilderness? The lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. All three. So he was in all points tempted as we are. So what did, what did, what did Satan do? He appealed to an appetite. He appealed to the desire she already had. And he deceived her. God said this. He said, uh-uh. You know what Satan will tell you? Nobody will know. Nobody will find out. Hey, it's just a little deal. It's no big issue. It's not going to matter. Let me tell you something. Sin is a big issue. Because what happens is we have an appetite that's natural and good and okay. But Satan knows how to deceive and trick and, and put it in a way for us to use the appetite wrong. So the deception comes in. Satan deceived Eve. Satan's deceived us on many, many bases. All right? But he appeals to that natural desire. See, then we find disobedience. When sin, or excuse me, when lust hath conceived, all right, there's one thing to be tempted. There's another thing to be deceived. But still, it's a matter of your will. Watch, watch. Watch what it says. We have moved from emotions. That's our desire. That's that appetite. And the intellect, we start thinking about it. We start thinking about the deception. Uh, the Bible classifies the devil as a tempter, but it also classifies him as a liar. Y'all with me? That is why Jesus used the word of God to defeat him. Every, every temptation that he faced, he said, it is written. How do you defeat a lie? With the truth. With the truth. Okay, so... Here Satan is, he uses a lie. God only knows, he told Eve, God only knows that, the, that, that when you eat this fruit, you're going to be smart as he is. That's all. Ain't no big deal. You're not, you're, you're not going to die. He starts feeding a lie. And see, we have natural appetites. Then we, we, we are drawn away. We are, the hook has been baited and, and we are being enticed. And then we're going to be lied to. We're going to be deceived. Just like, just like Eve. We go from the emotions, that's our lust, our desires, the intellect, that's being deceived by the devil, to the will. Say that with me, to the James changed the picture from hunting and fishing to the birth of a baby. Desire conceives a method for taking the bait. The will approves and acts, and the result is whether we feel it or not, we are hooked and trapped. The baby is born and just wait until it matures. You see, a lot of people, a lot of people that sin, initially we don't see anything. And we think we've got it made. We think, we think it's, it's great, it's okay, it's wonderful, but that baby's going to grow up. David found out he couldn't hide it. All through the Bible, all through the Bible, you find the repercussions of sin. 
And in some situations, it did not happen immediately. And when it doesn't happen immediately, sometimes it emboldens us to sin even more, and then it makes it even worse. Now watch. Our will. Christian living is a matter of the will, not the feelings. Underline that. Underline that. Christian living is a matter of the will, not the feelings. I often hear believers say this. I don't feel like reading the Bible. I don't feel like going to Bible study. Children operate on the basis of feeling, but adults operate on the basis of... You know what? Uh, When you grow up and mature, you understand... You got to go to work whether you feel like it or not. Uh, you got to go to work whether you like it or not. I've heard people say, "Well, I don't have this job isn't what I want." Well, sometimes you got to do what you have to do till you can do what you want to do. Now, an immature person don't get that; they're operating by feelings. But a mature person operates in facts, in the the matter of the will. I will do what's right, no matter how much or how bad or how different I feel. Somebody say amen right there. How many of y'all know you're not always going to feel like doing right? Sometimes I feel like punching people in the face. Say amen. (laughs) But because I'm mature, help me, Jesus. Amen. So I'm, now I'm getting down where y'all live, right there, amen? Sometimes I feel like running somebody off the road, amen, but keep it between the ditches, amen. No matter how much we, how, how we feel, we got we to gotta do right. Maturity, and, and, and as a mature Christian, we don't operate in our feelings. We don't let our feelings make our decisions. We let truth make our decisions. The more you exercise your will in saying a decisive no to temptation, the more God will take control of your life. You see, it, the process of temptation, it starts with a desire. It goes and, 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 and the devil begins to deceive. We have deception. Then we have to make a choice. We have to make a choice. You know, I, I seen something the other day that says, if I make a mistake... The first time, it's a mistake. The second time, it's a choice. But I, I have come to learn this too, that, that when, when I am enticed to do something, and I don't want to jump ahead of myself because we're going to get to this part, but the Lord will help me, and I have found this out, that when I do, it's a choice that I have made because the Holy Spirit is going to come to my aid. And the Holy Spirit's going to come to your aid, and we'll talk about that in just a minute. But it ultimately, ultimately... And you say, why are you really reinforcing the fact that it is a decision you make? It is a matter of the will. Because we got to quit blaming everybody else for our stupidity. We sure can't blame God. Because the Bible says he doesn't tempt anybody with evil. And, and he can't be tempted with evil, neither will he tempt any man. Uh, we, we, we really can't blame the devil like Eve did. It was that snake. You know, he come to Adam. Adam said, is that woman you gave me? <laughs> Men been doing it ever since, amen? <laughs> Eve, what's the deal? It was that snake. In other words, you know what she was saying? The devil made me do it, right? 
But you know, ultimately, the devil can't make us do anything. He can't force us to do anything. If we sin, it is a willful decision to do so. Are y'all with me? Say amen. The last part of this process always ends in death. Desire, deception, disobedience, an act of the will, then death, always. The Bible says in verse 15, when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death death disobedience gives birth to death not life it may take years for sin to mature but when it does the result will always be death if we will only believe god's word and see his this final tragedy it will encourage us not to yield to temptation god has erected this barrier because he loves us have i any pleasure at all that the wicked should die he says in ezekiel eighteen twenty three. God doesn't want anybody to disobey. God doesn't want anybody to die. God doesn't want anybody to go through this. Now, what do we do? What do we do? How do we fight back? How, how do we deal with temptation? If we understand that we're going to be tempted the rest of our life, we're going to be tempted to gossip. We're going to be tempted to lust. We're going to be tempted to steal. We're going to be tempted to lie. We're going to be tempted to cheat. We're going to be tempted in areas of our life all the time, all the time. So what do we do? There's some things we need to do. First, write this down. Write this down. The prevention in temptation. A, first thing I want you to write down is remember. 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 What do we need to remember? Number one, the judgment of God. The judgment of God. The wages of sin is death the judgment of god all through the bible you find god judged sin when you look at what adam did god judged sin when you look at what cain did god judged sin when you looked at what saul did god judged sin when you looked at what david did god judged sin when you looked at solomon did god judged sin think about the think about what's going to cost let me ask you a question do you think that if david was sitting on that on that on the top of that that roof and he looks out and sees bathsheba taking a bath if he really thought about the judgment of god at that time if he thought about a baby dying if he thought about tamar being abused and and raped if he thought about losing at his son absalom if he thought about uh losing uh his other son who raped his daughter if he thought about all his wives being sexually abused by his own son you reckon he'd have changed his thinking on that deal think about what it's going to cost I saw, I saw a, uh, I saw a, a uh, billboard. I saw a billboard in Birmingham. I was going through Birmingham, and it was this young, young kid sitting there with tears coming down his face. And he was sitting there, and the billboard was about crime. And this little boy, this little boy's older brother went to prison. 
And the basis of the billboard, I don't remember exactly what it said, was that you're not the only one paying for your crime. And man, I saw that, and I was like, wow. Wow. What if we just started thinking? What if we just started thinking, what is this going to do to my family? What is this going to do to my spouse? What is this going to do to my children? What is this going to do to my church? And something very convicting happened the other day to me. Some, someone, someone had a little child and, 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 and came up to me holding the little baby. And, and the mother said, who is that pointing at me? Now, you're going to laugh at this because it is kind of funny, but, it's, but when you hear my reasoning, when, when the mother pointed at me, the little baby said, that's God. That's God. Because the baby has heard her whole life, she's coming to whose house? To hear from who? Who's the only one talking? So guess what? The little baby says, and you know what went through my mind? What if I screw up? What would happen in this little child's understanding and her faith if I did something very stupid? Preacher Brown, he, he preached a message about the cedars of Lebanon one time, and he talked about the big cedars. And the big cedars representing leaders and high up leaders that, that have a lot of influence and have, a, have a, a lot of people looking toward them and looking up to them. He said when the big cedar falls, there's always little baby cedars that's growing all around the big cedar. And when the big cedar falls, it always crushes the baby cedars. I wonder, I wonder what would happen in our decisions if we start looking further out than the immediate choice we're fixing to make. I guarantee you there'd be less people in prison. There'd be more marriages that are salvaged. There'd be more churches on fire for God if we could just think of the judgment of God. Now, second thing, what do we need to think about? Look what he says. We know the wages of sin is death. He says, when it is through, it bringeth forth death. But then I want you to look at verse number 16. He said, now I don't want you to mess up here. I don't want, I don't want you to err. Don't get me wrong. Don't, don't mess this up, he says. My beloved brethren, God is righteous. God is holy. God is just. Are y'all with me? But watch what he says. But, verse 17, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Now what in the world has that got to do with anything? We're dealing with sin and how sin takes place and how, how sin comes about and how, how, how we are enticed and how all the operations end. Now he's talking about the goodness of God. You know what he's doing? First, he says, don't sin because of the judgment of God. He said, but you don't need to sin because of the goodness of God. 
How can I sin after God's been so good to me? You say, where do you, where, where, where's it? How about Joseph? How about Joseph? It's in your notes, but let me just paraphrase it. Joseph is a young man. He's probably a good-looking dude. And, and he is in the house of Potiphar, uh, uh, Potiphar's wife. Uh, her, her relationship with her husband is not what it needs to be, so she is being enticed for this young man. And this young man is a young man, so a young man is being enticed because every young man, are y'all with me? Say amen. So here he is, this young, viral, uh, 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 full-blooded young man, and all of his, uh, yes, ev everything. And, and she comes to him and says, sleep with me. There ain't nobody around. Nobody will know it. Come on, let's sleep with me. He puts her off, puts her off, puts her off. Well, one day she catches him when no, there's sure enough nobody around and says, come on, sleep with me. I want you. Now, I would be willing to bet that in his flesh, he had a desire to be with this woman. Are y'all with me? I imagine it, it was strong. I imagine it was powerful. I imagine he had 150 reasons why he should or could or this could happen and nobody find out about it. But you know what he said? He said, ma'am, you got to understand something. I am second only to your husband. Your husband has put me over everything in the house. Your husband has entrusted me. I mean, he is, there's only, there, there is nothing that he holds. I can do anything I want to do with anything that he owns. I mean, any blessed thing except you because you're his wife. How could I do this to him? How could I do this to God who's been so good to me? I'm supposed to be a slave. And I'm second in command. I can do anything I want to do. Don't you understand, ma'am? How could I sin against God who's been so good to me? Think about the goodness of God. Think about what he went through. You know, it, it kind of goes along with, with we was talking about walking all the way from the parking lot. When you think about Jesus walking, carrying that cross, bleeding to death up uh, uh, the Via Della Rosa, that walk don't look too long then, does it? Think about the judgment of God. James says, man, you need to think about the goodness of God. You need to think about all that God's done for you. Think about his goodness. Think about his blessings. And, 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 and I believe that's going to help, but that's not enough. It's not enough. All right? We need to remember two things. What are the two things? Number one, the... Number two, the... All right, B, we need to reinforce. We need to reinforce. <clears throat> How do we do that? How do we do that? Number one, prayer. Prayer. You know, the disciples, they watched Jesus pray. He could pray like nobody could pray. He'd get up early in the morning to pray. He, 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 uh, 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 he would pray on in the evening. Sometimes he'd pray all night long. And there was something about his prayers. They always got answered. And you know what? You know what they asked him? Teach us to do that. 
You know what? They never asked him to teach them to preach. They never asked Jesus to teach them to sing. But they did ask him to teach us to pray. And you know what he said? Pray in this manner. Pray in this manner. Let me, let me, let me teach you how. Now, we look at it and we call it the Lord's Prayer. And we think this this magic motto, this magic little thing that we can we 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 we, we pray. You know, the uh, athletes will do it at the games. Let us pray, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be. And it almost becomes like a chant. Like it's it, that's not what he meant. And that's now I'm not. Don't nobody leave here and say I'm preaching again, saying the Lord's prayer before he play a basketball game. All right, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that's not his intention. He was trying to give them an outline of prayer. In other words, this is what you need to include when you pray. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. In other words, when you pray, you need to brag on Jesus. You need to brag on the Lord. You need to praise him. Your, your, your prayer, before you ask for one blessed thing, you ought to praise him for who he is. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Second thing you need to ask for before you ask for anything is his will be done in your life. Y'all with me? His purpose. We can alliterate anything. Amen? You praise purpose. But you, you go on. You know, give us this day our daily bread. That's his provision. All through to this point right here. And lead us not into... But deliver us from... You know what God is saying? You need to ask for help. Men, when it comes to temptation and lust and that type of thing, every day of your life, wake up in the morning and ask God to direct you from that heifer that wants to make you sin. Because they're out there. Ladies, you're no different. There's a turkey out there that wants you too. Now, now we can we can act like this is not a reality, but when the divorce rate is fifty percent, one out of every two people that get married today are going to end in divorce. When you see affairs in the workplace, you see affairs in the church house. Listen, we we, we can't we can't act like we got this all together when there's just as many affairs happening in church as happening at the CEO's office. This is real. There are people that want to destroy my marriage. There's people that want to destroy your marriage. So we need to get up every morning and say, God, help me, Jesus. Lead me away from her. Lead me away from him. Lead me away. Deliver me from evil. God said, you have not because you. Do y'all remember, remember the prayer of Jabez? Remember the prayer of Jabez? When he said, enlarge my coast. You remember? What else did he ask for? Does anybody remember? Keep me from evil. Keep me from evil. Don't let me, what is he saying? Don't let me mess up. Don't let me mess up. And you know what the Bible says? And God said, okay. It's what it says. He granted him his request. Now, I wonder, I wonder how many people who, who is, is on the verge of messing up got up that morning and, and prayed and spent time with God and said, God, I'm fixing to go out in this world, and there is temptation all around me. Lord, please deliver me from that. I guarantee you, I guarantee you, they're not going to fall. Why? Because God's going to deliver them. 
God's going to give them what they need. God's going to strengthen them. You have not because you Lord, deliver me from evil. Lead me. Oh, here's the key. Here's the key. <clears throat> here's the key. Lead me not into temptation. Uh, Izzy, come here a minute. Be Jesus just a minute. Think you can work that? All right. Izzy's going to lead me. Izzy's going to lead me. All right. Izzy, Jesus, sees temptation over here. So what is he going to do? He's going to lead me that way. But here's the key to leading. In order for someone to lead, someone else has got to. Lord, I don't know. Help me. Help me. He said, I am. But you ain't following. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. Good job. Watch. So we're fighting temptation. We're going to battle. We're going to, we're going to win against temptation. How are we going to do this? We're going to pray. We're going to pray, God, deliver me from evil. God, lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from evil. Second thing, second thing, <clears throat> write this down. Uh, we're going to utilize, we're going to utilize uh, the Scripture. <clears throat> the Scripture. Turn with me to Luke chapter number 4. Let's see how Jesus did it. How many of y'all would believe he'd be a good example to follow? You know, if Jesus chose to do it, he could have swashed to get the devil like a grape. But he didn't. He didn't. I know it was all in God's divine plan, and he had to go through life and be tempted just like we are and, and go through all that, and I'm not going to go into all the details about that, but he used what you can use. He did not use his divine powers, what I'm saying. He did not use his divine power to overcome the temptation of the devil. What did he use? What's sitting in your lap? Are y'all with me? Look in Luke 4. Luke 4, verse 1. Are you there? Say amen. amen. <clears throat> and Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being 40 days tempted of the devil. And in those days he did eat nothing, and when they were ended, he afterward hungered. And the devil said unto them, If thou be the Son of God, command the stone that it be made. And that's something. The Bible says Jesus was hungry. You remember, he was all man. Remember? He was all man. He was weary. He rested at the well because he was all man. He got hungry. He got thirsty just like you and me. So in his humanity, he was hungry. You don't eat 40 days, you're going to be hungry. If I don't eat in 40 minutes, I'm hungry. Amen? <laughs> so here he is, hungry. And isn't it amazing that the devil attacks where he's weak? Don't think that's an accident. Don't think it's an accident that the devil knew where he would be weak. You need to know your weaknesses so you can defend your weaknesses because that's where the devil is going to attack. You say, can the devil read my mind? No, I don't believe he can read mine, but he can read your past. And he can know where you failed before. And there's probably a good chance where you failed before, you can fail again. Are y'all with me? So here he is. He says, and let me say this. <clears throat> let me, let me kind of describe this. The devil was not saying, prove it. 
Prove it. If you are who you say you are, I don't believe you are. I believe you're an imposter. He knew Jesus. You see, the devil and Jesus have known each other for a long time. Y'all with me? This statement, if thou be the son of God, he wasn't saying prove who you are. That's not what he's saying. What he's saying is, man, you're the son of God. What are you doing starving? You have ability. You you can turn these stones. What are you doing hungry? I mean, you're royalty. You know what he's doing? The same thing he did to Eve. Your father must not love you at all. He's holding out on you. You're the prince of heaven and you're starving. You see, he told Eve, God just knows you're going to be as smart as he is. And Eve got this crazy idea that God was holding out on her. You see, she forgot the goodness of God. Do you know why people get messed up and enticed in temptation? Because they think the other side of the fence, the grass is green over there than what they got now. And the bad part is, is usually it's too late when they find out it ain't. It might be green grass, but it's over the septic tanks. Amen. (laughs) Y'all with me? So here... Jesus is being enticed. Jesus is being tempted. He's he's attacking his weakness. The devil's really good at what he does. He's one of those points, the lust of the flesh. He said, man, you're hungry. You're hungry. Command that the stone be made bread. And Jesus answered him saying three words. Okay, all five of you. Here we go. Say it with me. Three words. It's written. It is written. He didn't, he didn't say, be thou gone. He didn't say, I squash you and my father. He said, it is written. In his temptation, he quoted the Bible. Watch what he says. It is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceed out of the mouth of God. And the devil taking him up into a high mountain showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said unto him, All this power will I give thee, and the glory of them, for that is delivered unto me. And to whom? And by the way, he's the God of this world. He's the God of this world. Are y'all with me? He's the God of this world. He said, I will give it to you. But watch, watch. This is something. It's not even in my notes, but God's giving it to me. Pay close attention right here. God the Father promised God the Son. He said, I will make the kingdoms of this world your footstool. In other words, God the Father had already promised God the Son that he would give him the kingdoms of this world. So what was the devil doing? He was offering him a shortcut. He was offering him a shortcut. Uh, Gabe, help them understand we're in Bible study, so just just keep it down. Just, I, I need all my two minutes left. I got it. Amen. Which that's not going to work. They're not going to listen. Amen. <clears throat> Now, now here, get this, get this. I got to get my frame of mind back. Here we go, here we go. What I say last, Jeff? Uh, uh, oh, footstool. He is, he is offering, he's offering Jesus. He's offering Jesus something that the Father had already promised him, but he's offering a shortcut. You see, God offered it 
by way of the cross. You cannot wear a crown till you carry the cross. And see, that's why the devil, he, this is what he's doing with young people today. He's offering the glory and the blessing and the fun and the pleasure of sex. But he's offering them a shortcut. Don't go through marriage. Don't go through commitment. Don't go through the, the protection of a relationship of marriage that God says, just take a shortcut. And it's always, it always leads to devastation. It always leads to disappointment and sometimes disease. Are y'all with me? We got to stop. Oh. Hey. It, it, oh. Hey. All three times. All three times. Uh, it is. It is. It is. How are we going to defeat the devil in temptation? With the word of God. What do we need to do? Whatever our weakness is, find some verses to back it up. For instance, men, if your issue, if you have a weakness with lust, you need to find all the verses that deal with that. Ladies or whoever, this is men too, men gossip. Hey, if, if, you're, if your issue is running your mouth, find some verses that deal with that. If your issue is getting prideful, find some verses to deal with that. Whatever it is that your weakness is, and you know what it is, everybody's weakness is not the same. I'm not, look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me, don't, don't stop, look at me, look at me. Uh, I don't have one issue with alcohol. You can have every bottle of wine in this county sitting up here, and I wouldn't drink none of it. It doesn't bother me a bit. So guess what? The devil won't entice me with that. My whole time in high school, drugs was rampant and rabid all through high school. Do you know how many times I was offered drugs in my high school? Satan ain't going to use something he knows is not going to work. But I got my issues. And he uses it. You have yours. You need to know what they are. Then we can learn the scriptures and back it up. And we'll continue this next week. <clears throat> hey, hey, uh, no. Oh, uh, this is so good. I was just getting into it. All right. Hey, let's pray for Sunday. How many of y'all help me pray for Sunday? pray for Sunday. Uh, uh, if, if it is raining Sunday, the opening song, choir song is going to be five foot high and rising. Amen. That's what, that's what we're going. Uh, I didn't check the Johnny Cash version today. Amen. Uh, so, so let's, let's pray. How many of y'all, how many of y'all would like to, uh, be stronger against temptation? I'm going to raise both my hands. Hey, I want to pray for you right here, okay? I want to pray that God will touch you and help you, bless your marriages, that God would bless your families and, and bless your strength, that we could fight temptation in a great way. Amen? Amen? Father, thank you, Lord, for your blessings. Thank you, Lord, for your mercy. Lord, help us to fight temptation. Help us to depend on the Word of God. Help us, Lord, to, to, to remember the cost and the consequences. Lord, just help us to do what we need to do. Lord, there's so many things we're going to cover with this. Lord, help us to, to stay strong and do what you'd have us to do. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, amen. amen. Good night, everybody.